Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff Jarrett. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Warm Lou Gowen. Hello. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I did a horn effect. You did do a horn effect. I mean, it was... caught... You didn't like you... it. Well, I was caught off guard because usually you would just say, and I'm joined by lukewarm luke owen and i would mm. jump in but this time you decided to add in the extra it's because i'm excited to see you oh thanks mate. all right all right i'll dial it back next time no 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 it's absolutely it's absolutely fine uh i i'm excited we had actually because we had a meeting together yesterday which we don't often get to do just you and i like uh, we decided to meet up 10 minutes before said meetings. We could go over the finer points of things. Mm. And what we ended up doing was just chatting for eight of those minutes about our weekends and stuff. And it was genuinely yeah. quite lovely. Well, I raise you in person meetings because Wrestle Talk Swaf Nation folk, for the first time in 15 months, I saw in the flesh. Laurie Blake and Adam Blompier in the office yesterday. Wow. I did. Very exciting. Wow, wow. How was uh, meeting those two for the first time? Because obviously I've seen them a couple of times throughout the pandemic. So I've done films with them at drafts and then we have stayed there after hours. For oh, a yeah. Yeah, you did and that. So I've, you? Seen, I've seen you once because I, well, twice, I suppose, because I picked up some kit from you and then dropped that said kit mm-hmm. back. Um, which would have been last September. It was like, la, yeah, ages ago. Yeah, yeah it would have been. When we were sort of like half allowed to be allowed to do that sort of thing. It was when our government was like, relax the rules for the first time. So that would have been the last time I saw you. But I saw Laurie and Adam when we did the last draft record, which I think was in October. 
it was just before mm-hmm. we, or maybe November, just before the second, the third big lockdown we did. Well, I realised when I saw them, Laurie looks like Laurie. Very familiar with Laurie. I've known him for five years. And I've what 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 I've done in those five years is take him in as a complete person, not just the part that appears on Zoom. So I'm like, I know what Laurie's legs look like. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know what right, Laurie's yeah. head looks like connected to the rest of his body. Yes. I realized I don't know that about Adam. Because we only worked with him for six weeks. Yeah. And then I... the pandemic hit. And now I'm I'm just used to seeing him in in the sort of fantasy booking desk mode. Adam with Russell Talk is very much like AEW episode uh, dynamite episodes of AEW. You know, when we hit that period of time when it was like, oh man, there's actually been more COVID mm. era episodes of Dynamite than there have been episodes of Dynamite with fans. And like I think that AEW have actually still got quite a ways to go before they catch up with themselves and there's more episodes with fans than there were without. That's what Adam is to to this channel. Like I've met him, I don't know, a handful of times prior to us going into lockdown. So I've had more interactions with him over uh, Google Meet than I have any other uh, way of interacting with him. But one of those interactions right at the start was him singing the Scrubs opening theme tune to us all which was oh yeah how how much closer can you get exactly we went out for karaoke we all did um national express by divine comedy Mm -hmm. i had that on on the playlist so i had my in-laws over at the weekend and we uh we had the playlist on in the background and that song came on and i just happened to mention i was like oh yeah this is this is the office anthem like this is our basically company-wide anthem. Uh, this song is absolutely amazing. I don't think they could have cared any less mm. uh, about the the song itself. Uh, and just, I was hoping because the conversation was flowing and it was flowing quite nicely. And we were all just chatting away, but I was kind of in the back of my mind hoping they were all just going to shut up for the second verse, so we can all do like enjoy the. But it's hard to get by when your ass, when your is, ass the size is the size. Of a, of small, a small country. Everybody sing. Yeah, we should Sorry, really gonna... stop trying to sing over these chords. <laughs> but it's hard. You, you it's wanted difficult. to do this last week. Like, peeling back the curtain, folks. Ollie messaged me last week being like, we should open the AEW show singing Cult of Personality. Well, and you're like, look, there's this web, this YouTube guy, and they've done karaoke things together. Look, it's really easy to do live over it. And I was like, Ollie, the very first comment says this is pre-recorded mm. and they've just synced it all up together. Yeah, yeah, that was that was an immediate <laughs> roadblock that that plan hit. You know, it's like yeah. I was like, look at this door, guys. Look at this door. The answer's through the door. And I open it up and it's one of those trick doors with a wall in in the frame. Mm. But yeah, the, the, to, to get back to the, the point, because I don't want to get away from oh, this. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam's body does not now fit his head. You know when you hear like you just hear a podcast or you you listen to the football commentator and it's it's weird when the voice matches up with the person like it never quite fits takes mm-hmm. a while that's what adam's like with the rest of his body so to what me. did you what did you crazy cats and kittens do at the office yesterday because obviously i played blood on the clock tower with adam uh, <laughs> mm. over zoom for a little bit about sort of mid afternoon yeah well 
but me, Laurie had to get. Laurie's the person who knows how everything works, and we're prepping to start doing some more shoots on location. So I ordered a load of kit, and he came down to check kit, see how it works, program a few things, cool stuff. And then me and Laurie were gonna do a one to one. So like you know, every two months roughly, I try and have like a meeting with each individual person at WrestleTalk, see how it's going, bitch about everybody else, you know, fun stuff. And me and Laurie thought, well, we haven't done this for 15 months. Let's go to the pub downstairs. Oh, I would. Was, did you not go to the uh, the beer merchants? Well, the, the Bar 90 has got the outdoor bit where there's the jeté on the canal. Well, I mean... There's also, uh, I suppose you do have that. Yeah, I was going to say because we went for the setting. Beer Merchant also has an outdoor seating area. Yeah, but it's it's next to a road and a Sainsbury's. (laughs) This was on a canal. (laughs) That is true, but it's not a nice canal though, is it? Like it's you know scummy water and everything. It's better than the freaking building development site that's next to the beer merchant. But perhaps this is just my inner lorry talking. They don't Mm. do Kona Big Wave at bar 90 and like and as much and i know one thing if i know anything above elsewhere with laurie blake he would want a kona big wave mm-hmm. he loves it well he was he was more than happy i think he just wanted any pub <laughs> and any watering hole was enough for him so yeah we went there and we i think we we ended up being there for about two and a half hours uh and we spoke about work for 15 minutes. <laughs> oh my god, but we and we got a few drinks in. Feel a bit tender today. But it was nice, you know, it was nice seeing Laurie. Um, but there was a waiter there, a barman, because they still come around and take your orders at the tables to for COVID precautions. And but this Ollie, guy it's freedom day. I know, all and those, we're outside. All precautions are off. We're outside. We were near a body of water, which I'm pretty sure renders COVID ineffective. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so but but they still felt the need to do it, the bloody snowflakes. And <laughs> he came over. Chucks. And you know, he took the he sort of giggled when like <laughs> you know, like he was he was having a joke in his own head. And I looked at his eyes. He was so stoned. <laughs> he had completely red eyes that had started to close. Yeah. And he was he was gig he was pretty much openly giggling at something he'd obviously just heard. And me and Laurie found this very funny. And we started chatting to the guy because he's just hovering around doing nothing, like just looking at things. And I said Laurie said something and he came over and he went, Did you just say Dave? And like we we said nothing like Dave, and he went, "That's my name." <laughs> and then he just couldn't stop. Like, it was very funny. Um, yeah, but yeah, oh, that's what I did yesterday. So you know, I have been uh, pretty set in my ways. I would say when it comes to uh, you know the sort of like a pandemic era of wrestle talk, I've been very comfortable working from home. I've actually quite enjoyed it. Really, I get to hang mm. out with my wife all the time. We get to have lunch together. We're you know we both finish work around the similar times. So we just go and like spend our evening together. There's no travel this out and the other, and it's quite lovely. I'm now like outside of London, like uh, you know, so I'm like, I'm much further away from the office. You know, we have talked about what I would do. Once we go back in, you know, go back in for live shows, this and the other. 
And all it has taken is one conversation with you about going to the pub where I'm like, oh, maybe I should just go in every day. Maybe mm. I should just go back in five days a week. Really, you know, it may, maybe that's the thing that makes the most sense. I won't. But Adam will. You can talk to Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's only because Adam stole the iMac from the office to do all of his work on. Cheapskate won't buy his own laptop. And it, he's had to take it back because it's the best iMac that we had because it was the really expensive one. That's not the reason. Is that the reason he said? Yeah, that's what that's what he said to me yesterday. No, he said I'll get him like a, la- a laptop and a screen and stuff. No, he just he just wants to work from the office. He just wants to work, he just wants to work on that iMac. Yeah, it's all about being set in your ways. But yeah, um, the, the most powerful, expensive consumer available Mac is probably a bit in excess of Adam writing top ten scripts. You know, <laughs> it's not a good allocation of resources. It really isn't. No, I, I would I would agree with that. Uh, but let's get into the show itself. Let's talk about Raw. This was an awful, oh awful episode of the show. Totally boring. I am. I'm going to be a miserable bugger on this episode. So strap <sighs> in, folks. Here it is. A WWE turning on Nikki, almost a superhero already. Nikki A.S.H. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. Please give this channel a subscribe, the WrestleTalk podcast channel, for all of your wrestling podcast reviewing needs. Uh, we, we stream every day pretty much, reviewing all the major wrestling shows with a bonus new show on Friday, which is getting rave reviews. So please do subscribe, enable notifications for all of that. And today... Can I just, can I just, can I just oh. interrupt you there for a second? Yeah. Because we are actually less than 100 subscribers from hitting our 50,000 subscriber goal. Less than 100 people is all we need to <sighs> our 50,000 subscriber goal. And when we do, we will be doing a marathon stream of all of the Attitude Era WrestleManias back to back here on this channel. Mm. I Because I know how close we are, I started putting together some timings of like how long it would take us to do. So we would start uh, our time, UK time, at 3 p.m. with WrestleMania 14. Uh-huh. And we would end at half past three in the morning for uh, the end of WrestleMania X7. And I'm going to put this out on Front Street now. I think I may set an extra bonus goal oh, and, we'll do WrestleMania, and we'll do WrestleMania X8 after that as well, which will then take us to quarter past seven in the morning. Great. Well, please punish us and subscribe. Or maybe unsubscribe if Luke's going to keep adding pay-per-views to this, this bonus stream that we're going to do. But yes, we're so close to 50,000 subscribers. Do that. Uh, and also, WrestleTalk wrestletalk.com forward slash support get your ultra chats in there we'll read out every single one over five dollars but first we have to talk unfortunately about monday night raw which like last week's was bad overall bad because you know you had keith lee returning but then losing in his home state you had Karrion Cross, NXT champion, being jobbed out by Jeff Hardy in under two minutes. Like, just insane creative decisions. But you also had some good things. Nikki A.S.H. cashing in her Money in the Bank briefcase. It was exciting. It was a very newsworthy show with a lot of questionable, very damaging creative decisions. What this week's had 
was just damaging creative decisions and boring segments and the yeah. same uh, segments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to put this out on Front Street now, Oliver Davis, the second time I've used that phrase on this yeah. show because I'm because <laughs> I'm I'm as uncreative as Monday Night Raw is. I am. I'm going to put this out on Front Street. That's the third mm. time. Um you are high as a kite to give this show two out of five. Higher than Matt Riddle mm. on his best day. This episode sucked massively. It was an awful, awful three hours of television. Hated pretty much every single segment on this show, bar mm -hmm. a handful of like good moments. And sometimes it wasn't just hate. Sometimes I was just massively bored. And I'm not alone in all of this. Because the crowd were bored as well. One of the things I think we've taken Already. for granted. One of the things we've taken for granted from the Thunderdome was piped-in crowd noise, which meant that every match <laughs> felt like a crowd was invested. And then when you watch a live crowd and you watch Eva Marie and Dewdrop wrestle Natalia and Tamina to absolute crickets, it is it's hard to watch. Really, really hard. And they had three matches like that in a row. Where the crowd wouldn't didn't care. Poor old Karrion Cross and and Keith Lee come out to absolutely no reaction whatsoever, and then just wrestled to nothing. I've had louder reactions to wrestling matches where there've been ten people in the audience in a gym hall with no names. With Billy Gunn was the only name on the card, and he pulled out. Was it Billy? It was Billy Gunn. Yeah, Billy Gunn pulled out at the last minute. And, like, and Billy Gunn sold nine of those tickets. So. It was bad, man. Really, really bad. I hated this show quite a lot. I'm going to put this out on Front Street. Right right yeah, on Front what, Street. What a, what a great shop there. And <laughs> I said this is going to happen. I'm surprised it happened so quickly. And what, I think the, the next step is dissenting chance. Because mm -hmm. none of the crowd have yet gone... Boo! Although there were some boos for Nikki A.S.H. We'll get into that very shortly. But there's been no CM Punk chance. Because I no. think the fans are still like, this is a novelty. Like, we're just, we're just happy to be here. I thought that feeling would last through the summer easy. But on Raw, it's already like, we've already got five weeks into the bad version of the audience in two episodes. So I yeah. think... Maybe next week, the week after, especially considering the hottest news in the business right now, that Punk might go to AEW. Like, or some AEW chance. This, um, I I feel like a bit of a fool. Uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, Ollie Davis. I feel like a On bit of a street. fool. On Front Street. I'm going to put that, like, out. I, I, put that I, Oh, there. yeah. It's Foolish Fools inc Incorporated mm. on Front Street. Um, because about two months ago, when WWE announced they were having fans back in the arena, I said on this very podcast, oh, mate, we're in for a rough go of it because they're not going to do anything exciting on this show now until fans get back into the arena. They're now saving all of their good stuff until fans get back and that's when they do the big reset. Idiot that I am. They're just a bad wrestling company that makes a mm. bad wrestling show because this is a bad wrestling show made by a bad yeah. wrestling company. Uh, Shall we get into this Nikki A.S.H. stuff? Because yeah. this was like one positive of this is that the women's division was the front and center of the show. It was like right on Front Street. Like when you turn into Front Street, boom, women's division. You had yeah. the opening segment completely dedicated to it. And they were the main event as well. So like 
that is great. But that doesn't even feel like a like they're forcing anything now. It's just like that's a part of the fabric of WWE that should be massively applauded. Unfortunately, with equality comes equally bad booking as the men's division because this was rubbish. Nikki Ash, oh, it's so difficult to not say Ash. Nikki A-S-H came out and she cuts a promo about, I'll, I'll recap it all and then we can go into our thoughts. She comes out, cuts a promo about being inspirational. She believes in herself. Charlotte comes out, interrupts her, sort of buries Nikki, you know, but in a heelish way, so it's fine. Uh, she's wearing the most ridiculously tall high heels, so she absolutely towers over Nikki. And then out comes Rhea Ripley to do robotic dialogue, and then out come uh, definitely not Raw General Managers, Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville to, number one, book a triple threat between these three women for SummerSlam. I mean, that's good. That's booked way in advance. And then they say, and Charlotte will face Nikki tonight in a championship contenders match. Okay, so we'll get into the championship contenders thing in a minute, um, because I feel like that's, that is something we do need to discuss. First off, though, um, I thought the Nikki Cross, mm, Nikki A.S.H., mm. Got a great reaction when she first came out. No, actually, no, I great. Don't no, think no, she no, no, did. no, 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 sorry. No, no, no. I'm going to correct myself there because I'm actually going to read my notes verbatim. Nikki opens the show to a nice reaction. Okay, okay. It wasn't, okay. It wasn't okay. overly positive. It wasn't overly negative. It was a nice reaction. And the crowd chanted, You deserve it, Ollie Davis. Oh, yeah. Okay. The You deserve it chant. Yeah. I think that, again, that's, we all like Nikki as a person. She comes across very affably. She's always been that sort of wrestler who we all think can do more, but is consistently underpushed. And now they've given her this character. So I think that was cheering for her as a person, not the character, right? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But because I, I, like, also, the, the, think, char the character does yeah. not deserve it. It's been six weeks and has really done nothing but flukes. Yeah, also it now makes less sense because she's the champion. Yes. Yes. That this is this is the crux. Anyway, also in her entrance music, I've listened to the entrance music upload on YouTube. It's not there. I am convinced when she comes out, there is sort of way audience sound effects because it is the mm. same noise every time she poses in the main event. Like, you know, like, pew, pew, yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah, yeah. The, all the little sound effects that Kevin Dunn loves to play around with his big soundboard. I think he's got an audience cheer, like leftover from the Thunderdome things, and he's pressing the button. Because if, if you haven't seen, folks, the reports are Nikki's getting booed at house shows. And she was booed in this promo, too. I don't think she was booed in this promo. I think that's unfair. There was a boo. There was a boo-boo. There might have been a boo. Also, I would say as well, there are conflicting reports coming from those house shows as well. Meltzer said that he was getting reports from people that said she was booed at house shows. I've had people reach out to me to say that she's not booed. People were just massively into Rhea Ripley, which I'll be honest, boggles my mind. That I find the most staggering thing out of all of this, because yeah. Rhea comes out on this show and is treated like an absolute megastar. I have no idea how. And um, that is against all odds that she is being cheered by this crowd. But because Rhea didn't win, that's why the crowd were booing. It wasn't against uh, Nikki. It was against the idea that Rhea didn't win. So that's the reports that I have been told. And a few other places have been told the same, a, a similar thing. She was booed in this promo when she was like, this is a butterfly. 
I am, you know, metamorphosis, believe in yourself, whatever. She got booed. I'm, I, do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm willing to believe you on this one because I'll be honest with you. When Nikki Cross came, when Nikki Ash came out for a promo, I wrote in my notes: Nikki opens the show to a nice reaction. Crowd chant, "You deserve it." Charlotte Flair interrupts. Rhea Ripley comes out next. Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce make a triple threat for SummerSlam. Then I went and I did some push-ups and some uh, squats and some sit-ups, waiting for the rest of the segment to play out. Because the, do you know what, John Cena? Um, Goldberg, not the biggest returns we've had in the last two weeks. Predictable opening segments that go 20 minutes and could have been done in five are back on Monday Night Raw because the fans are here and that's what we deserve. So the character issue with Nikki here, she won the money in the bank, which, you know, fine. I think as her character, (laughs) as her (laughs) character, you should cash in and announce the cash in. She is almost a superhero. She is the bluest of blue-eyed white meat baby faces. Uh, at least that's how I interpret the character. You know, she's cutting these very sincere promos. Believe in yourself. And if you too could one day be a superhero, if you just, and she's so she's so humble, she's not even saying that she is a superhero. So I think you should announce that cash in in advance if you're truly going down that route. But, you know, she cashed in. Cool. It was a fun moment last last week. The follow-up here, she is still saying, I'm almost a superhero. And boy, wow, God, if I just believe in myself, this no longer works when you are the Raw Women's Champion. Exactly. Because, because what it does is it says you are an undeserving champion who has fluked everything. You still have to prove yourself. If you still have to prove yourself while holding the belt, that's a heel gimmick. So it, yeah. it doesn't work for me as an adult. I think this, you know, I like Nikki, but I, I don't care if she came up with it herself. I don't, this, this character is not for me. I don't think it's a good character, but you can argue it's for the children, but it's not working for the children either because it's not giving you a consistently moral message. The problem that WWE have got, you know, and Sugar Shane Helms said this himself on Twitter the other week, it, moments matter. moments matter more than anything else. So last week, we had a lovely moment in Nikki Cross, Nikki A.S.H. cashing in Money in the Bank and winning the title. That is a good moment. Problem is, it undervalues everything that the character was trying to be. We were sort of like, I had someone say to me in the comments last week, it was like, oh, I think you've uh, inflicted upon Nikki Cross that she she doesn't think she's quite a superhero yet. But I was like, no, no, no. literally her gimmick is mm. she is almost a superhero. People walk up to her and be like, you're a superhero. She's like, no, 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 I'm almost a superhero because I'm not good enough yet to be a superhero. So the idea with her being money in the bank is that she could be like, well, I have got the money in the bank, but I'm not ready yet to cash this in. Once I believe in myself enough and I am a superhero, that's when I'll cash in. That is a lovely story that you can tell over a period of months of her slowly believing in herself. And that is a a storyline we can all get behind. But because they have to have the moment, she has to cash in 24 hours after getting it, winning it in effectively a heelish, fluky manner, and now is a crap champion who gets beaten in her very first night as the champion. Well, that's it, isn't it? Like you could, you could. She's won the championship, but she feels imposter syndrome. That's there's something there, maybe. And they book this main event for tonight: Nikki versus Charlotte. Last thing on the show, and Charlotte dominates her. Like this went ten minutes, 
and Charlotte took 80% of the offense. And I guess, like, what you want to do is prove that Nikki can hang with her. And Charlotte, at the end of it, is like, well, I really underestimated you. You are a superhero inside. But that's not what happened at all. Charlotte beat her very easily, barely an inconvenience. And I Nikki's got the worst finisher. I hate that I'm ragging on, ragging on Nikki so much. It's a top rope crossbody. She might as yeah, well have a, a double axe handle. That's a Vince McMahon special. It was the Rock's finisher when he was making him the big blue-eyed babyface as well. Randy Orton's finisher when he came in as the big <sighs> blue-eyed babyface. Vince... As something, Vince has got a boner for a top rope crossbody as a finisher for for baby faces. He bloody mm. loves it. I'm fairly certain he gave it to someone else relatively recently <sighs> as well, within the last sort of three years. Amos. Or so. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm also so taking that kind of bump. Nikki jumps off the top rope, crossbodies Charlotte, but Charlotte kind of rolls through, ends up on top. Not a roll up, no hanging on the tights, and it's a three count. Yeah, and I just thought. If, like, the finisher itself is so weak that to then get beaten by this even weaker counter to the finisher, where there's no, like, out where you can say, ah, oh, but she cheated, she held on to the tights or something. I thought this was this was an awful showing, kayfabe-wise, for Nikki. Yeah, this was a it was a terrible end to the show. Real like a, a flat as ass finish for for this. Like it got over like a fart in a church, and it was just it it, it made Nikki look bad. Didn't make Charlotte look good either. And they 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 they've got this massive um raging hard on now for this championship contender thing, Fun which street. I'll be honest with you is just um it's just a, a fancy word of saying rematch. Like it's basically a way of being mm. like, oh, they've, they've rebadged it, you fool. So we can't get mad at them doing rematches now because they're doing championship contender matches. And there will be people that will be like, well, AEW does this. And because they pointed this out to Sean when he did um, his show with Denise uh, for the, on the Fightful review. And Sean made the point, <clears> like, yeah. And they've had like one person win in two years as a wrestling company win one of those matches. Raw have done eight of them in two weeks. And I've already had like two people win them because they just like to run these ideas into the ground as quickly as humanly possible. So not now, championship contender doesn't mean anything because Charlotte already had a match announced at SummerSlam, then had a championship contender match. What's she contending for? And guess what? We got out there another in rematch next week, which they'll just mm -hmm. rebadge as a championship contender, Balderdash. It's maddening. It is John Maddening 94. I hate this company and I hate this show. So the finish was flat, but the show didn't end there because, like, you know, right, that they had that era of SmackDown where they kept like finishing about seven minutes too early and Kevin Owens just went out and cut a promo on someone. And you're like, cool. Uh, th this is kind of what happened here because Charlotte wins. Everyone's like, well, that sucks. And then Charlotte gets the microphone, cuts a promo on Nikki. Nikki gets the microphone back and is like, well, I challenge you to a match next week because I need, I showed, this is the direct quote, I showed myself I almost could have won. The Raw Women's Champion said that. She's the top and champion. And, and and so she challenges Charlotte to this match. And Charlotte's like, yeah, okay, let's have that match then. And then clobbers her. And I'm just there like, the match is already happening. 
This is a championship contenders match. We've had three of them already in the night. And the idea is you get the rematch with the title on the line. So we're getting, we were always going to get this match. And Charlotte, no one's saying, well, and you better put the title on the line because they can't because they've already booked the triple threat for the title at SummerSlam. It's just, I think this, this was, this was terrible writing for a program. Also, just to make you even more mad, it is with the fourth or fifth pay-per-view we've now had with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley fighting over that title. <sighs> if people want to come into me, I come into my mention and be like, man, I think Raw isn't as repetitive as you make it out to be. Go back and see how many pay-per-views we've had in a row where Charlotte mm-hmm. and Rhea Ripley have fought over that smegging title. It's a bad, bad show. And I feel really bad for Nikki in all of this because I think they have done this character a massive mischief. Miss Chief. It's a Love good wrestler it. name. I think it used to. I think, I think, I think yeah, used to wrestle for Ring of Honor. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Anthony Velasquez says, this company does not know how to book baby faces. Also, what a bad rule by a booking standpoint. Jacob Simmons. Hey guys, first time viewing live and my first ever Ultra Chat. Welcome. 
uh, WWE doesn't seem to know what it wants. It can go from kiddie stuff like Nikki A.S.H. to Reigns' missionary promo. Who does who would the company benefit from just focusing on one of these markets? Great. I was thinking about this earlier because I was like, OK, you know, the character isn't for me. But you do want to appeal to kids. That's that's mm-hmm. the mark of a good show. But then I thought about it for a second. You know, that sounds like that sounds like good advice. But then you 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 actually really think about it. And the way we run this business is we we know what the demographics are for the channel. And if we were getting loads of kids watching us, yeah, we would adapt the content, I guess, to appeal most to them. But the, thankfully, we don't have to do that because it's pretty much entirely eighteen to forty five year old dudes. 96% dudes. So, you know, we we know like what we can do. And we do not go after a kiddie market. Whereas WWE have an older demographic than us consistently. Yeah. That's been proven in the ratings. Yet they're going for they're putting out characters like this that no adult will ever take seriously. So this whole idea that WWE need to give something to the kids every now and again, I I I, I push back on. Ollie, what did you think John Cena was? Like John Cena was meant it was a hero for kids when the Attitude Era audience that were still watching were growing older and booing their top babies. Mm, yeah. And it and so and it didn't work. But now that younger audience that John Cena was there are now the older people that are watching this show, while the people who are watching Hogan are still watching because they're just routinely watching this show. They're gonna watch no matter what you put on. I don't I actually, you know, applaud WWE for sticking to their guns and being like, no, 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 we need to keep, we need to attract the kids because the whole Comaniac fans are gonna die at some point and we need new fans we need to create some new kid fans that are going to grow up and buy more of our crap and we need to sell toys to the kids so that's why we have cycle vehicles and slambulances slambulance so I, I don't think it's wrong for them to try and make a character that can appeal to uh, to kids. And you know what? Like there was that little girl in the front row who had a little Nikki ASH sign, which I thought was absolutely adorable. More, you know, I think that'd be really good. But the problem is that they've now got to, like they were saying, they've got to appeal to both markets. You've got to do stuff for the kids. But then you're like, but we've also got 50 year olds that are watching this show who grew up during the Attitude Era. So we've got to have Roman Reigns do his edgy promos on the PG mm. show um, to try and pop them a little bit and pop the internet marks. Pixar do this very well. Disney in general, it's called four quadrant um, sort of content where you, you you make something that appeals to everyone. So, you know, you can take a whole family to go and see a Pixar movie or a Marvel movie. Everyone finds something to enjoy in that. Where I think WWE are failing is that they're doing something no one can enjoy. They're doing oh, yeah. the worst quadrant. They're doing non-quadrant viewing. Yeah. Mr. Kajili says, hi, guys. I've been thinking why Nikki seems to be failing on Raw. It's because SmackDown is more like a well-cooked steak, while Raw is more like fast food, where it gets all the hits in with not much substance, where SmackDown, you let things breathe like Roman. And uh, Mr. Kajili's actually done a bunch of chats here. Thank you very much. Uh, to add to my last point, let, let's look at the difference between Alexa's, st- excuse me, between Alexa's story that started a year ago on Saturday on SmackDown. It made sense, progressed with a small bit of powers, but then they got drafted to Raw and immediately it was about powers, Lily Lucian. We'll get on to that. Uh, one last, one Raw things are rushed, so that's why they don't work like on SmackDown, where they get room to breathe. And I think they most want Alexa versus Nikki at SummerSlam, so that doesn't help this story. But Vince is trying to ruin his own show. 
Last one. <laughs> the reason why the Raw Women's Championship doesn't seem strong is because Alexa is unpinned in a year and should be in the title match because the history is there. But I don't think Vince wants it because he wants her to hold Eva's hand. I, I was going to say, like, there's I, a lot there. To, to disagree with one of the things you said, like, is <clears throat> they don't want to do Alexa versus Nikki at SummerSlam because they're doing the triple threat at SummerSlam. I think that was quite, you know, that, that's pretty clear. And I think the Alexa versus Eva is way more interesting than Alexa versus Nikki at this point. I think you need to have, if, if in order for the Nikki Alexa feud to work, where she is the Joker to Nikki's Batman, Nikki needs to believe that she is a superhero first before she then takes on an arch villain in, in that sort of sense. Um, I also don't think that things are let to breathe too much on SmackDown. One story is let <laughs> to breathe on SmackDown, and that's the Roman Reigns story. Everything else is just as bobbins as it is on Raw. Apart from the Baron Corbin thing, which has been quite entertaining. Well, excuse me. Yeah, I sort that's of uh, agree with those points. Uh, one Anonymous243. Hey, getting second shot today regarding Nikki. Anyone else reminded of Bailey's call-up and they ran her character into the ground? Specifically, I remember she won the title by shenanigans and Steph asked her to do the right thing. She didn't. It was just lame. Yeah, because they don't know how to book a baby face. <laughs> No. And finally for now, Charlie Griffith says, I wasn't a fan of the Nikki A.S.H. gimmick, but if this builds her to beating both Ripley and Flair and she becomes an actual superhero, then I think the whole story works. Becky will return soon and give life to the women's division. Good roar, in my opinion. Oh, well, Charlie, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Charlie. I think you are, if I'm getting shouted at for giving it a two out of five... <laughs> In all fairness, I might be in the minority here thinking this was a one out of five show, but this this, this show uh, yeah. drove me up the bloody wall. Um, also, I, I think if she wins the triple threat, um, it still doesn't work, particularly because I think she might just keep losing until then. And then she gets her one win. It's like, oh, she prevailed the odds. Yeah. Oh, she lost all the way in. She lost on her first roar as the champion. <laughs> That 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 kind of thing sticks around. Same with Karrion Cross last week. Did Karrion Cross look better coming out this week because he lost to Jeff Hardy with Jeff Hardy cheating? No, he came out looking like a complete joke. Hmm. Yeah, I think that story only works if Nikki hasn't won the title. And Nikki, yeah. you know, like you build the story around Rhea and Charlotte are gonna do it again, and like everyone's like, no, we don't want to see that. And Nikki has the briefcase, and she's like. I want to join that match. And you build it around that story. And then she wins the title at SummerSlam to become a superhero. That's how, that's the story. Great. Not this, that's where great. she wins it right away. Oh, God's sake. Yeah, but Ollie, Luke, Ollie, 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 Give me of this company. Give me of this company. Ollie, Ollie, we got the moment. And sometimes the moment is what matters. Um, please get the rest of your <laughs> ultra chats into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over $5 by the end of the show. And apparently, Rich's producer Rich has put a sexy little sub counter graphic. Oh, yeah, on we screen. are just over 30 away. We are at uh, 49,967 in terms of subs. So we could actually reach nice. our 50,000 mark live on this show. Uh, let's do it, folks. Come on, please. As they say in the YouTube, smash that subscribe button, right? Unless you're subscribed like already. Because then yeah, you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So smash that subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. Uh, also, the other thing, okay, I, I mean, I, that's fine. Well, do you know what, Ollie? I don't want to talk about this show either. Do you know what I would like to talk about? T shirts, because um, we've got a new t shirt design on wrestleshop.com, but we want you to decide which shirt it's going to be. So we I'm can't pick. Up, we can't pick. So I've got two t shirt designs here. We're going to have a poll going up um, very, very soon uh, on the YouTube thing. So please do vote in that poll. Would you like us to next do this Jam That Jam t shirt or Jammamania? Uh, so option one, Jam That Jam. Option two, Jammamania. There'll be a poll going up, putting up by our lovely moderators. Vote on that. The winning one will be available on WrestleShop.com for purchase. So uh, just we, we had a meeting earlier today when we were looking at these. We couldn't, we couldn't genuinely decide. And, you know, we had this one up and Pete said, uh, you know, it's it's I, I, I like Jan that jam like it's funny, but he, he doesn't like the idea of, you know, <laughs> building up Hulk Hogan. I'm like, well, you know, we're not building up Hulk Hogan. We're sort of making fun of him, if anything. And then we showed him this design and he's like, oh, yeah, that's much better. Yeah, he's, because it's just the the first design's got the Hogan Tash on it. He's like, it's too much like Hogan. And this one was like, yeah, because that doesn't remind me of Hulk Hogan whatsoever. Like, legit was like, yeah, I, I don't think that, that makes me think of Hulk Hogan whatsoever. I'm like, look at the fonts. <laughs> like, do, do you know? Do you know? Hulk, do you even Hogan? Um, we are we're eight 10 people away. Eight, <gasps> eight away. I've got the live feed up on my, on my screen. Oh, wow. Eight to go. Come on, if you if we get past it, me and Luke will do a staring contest. <laughs> oh, it's just gone back down. It's, it's now at 991 oh, again. No. <laughs> right, so this raw opened up with the the, the 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 a random robot is now part of the, the graphics package. Did you see this? Yeah, I, I thought it might have been there for a while and I've just not realized it. But I, you yeah. told me this was new. So it's just like, you know, when they introduce a clip, there was a lot of Suicide Squad sponsorship on this episode. And before they played clips or showed the poster or anything, this little robot would appear on the screen and then go. Rrr. And it's just like, why? I know it's it's a minor insignificant thing in the scope of all of WWE's problems, but it is also exactly the reason that everything's wrong. It's like this inattention to detail or coherency of tone. Just what we were talking about with you've got the Nikki stuff for kids, you've got the missionary stuff for the adults. Like, what is that? What purpose is a robot serving? I'm sure someone's now going to say, oh, yeah, but that's USA Network's thing. There's that. It probably is like a USA Network logo thing. thing. Yeah. In which case, whatever. But wouldn't it be better to have like an animated wrestler or like uh, Bobby Lashley? Just give me the yeah. moving people graphics. I mean, honest, I don't really, I don't really care that much uh, uh, for, or care that much about it. Uh, I think it'd be a more accurate term for this. Okay, we've passed. Um, we've passed the amount. Have what did really? people hey! want? Yay! Don't 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 be like that. We just passed fifty thousand subscribers. You miserable sod. Yeah, that but then you added another we... pay per view. Uh, well, no, 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 I haven't yet. 
I will do as an extra bonus goal, but we have to get to that extra bonus goal first. Um, but yes, that means we are going to do all of the Attitude Era pay-per-view, uh, Attitude Era WrestleManias back-to-back. We're going to do it on a Sunday. Uh, we'll work out all the dates and all the details and everything. Not uh, everyone will be doing I'll be doing all the episodes, so don't worry. I'm the cool one here. Um, but we'll have a lot of fun doing it. It's going to be about 12 or so hour stream. So that's going to be a really, really fun time. I'm super looking forward to it. Could be more, could be up to 15 hours if we do include X8 into this. I've seen someone in the comments said, why didn't you include WrestleMania 19? That's an Attitude Era show. Well, it, it is not. It very much is not. But I, I, I don't even think X8 is. I think X7 very much marks the end of the Attitude Era. We'll try and do it in the office, I think. Mm. Oh, then, then we can all be together we just all need to be double vaxxed first uh so staring contest that's what the people want you want to do it are you, sh- are you sure they want a staring contest you sure that's i'm just what getting my one comment what are people no. saying dance what chopper they want, what they want is this missed those tashes already yeah at least kenny's still got his uh right so this episode of raw thank you everybody for thank you thousand subscribers that's very important to luke you're gonna cry again like Uh, like when you uh, watch the ghostbusters trailer yeah the ghostbusters trailer made me cry what (laughs) of it (laughs) i cried at tom daly's gold medal win who's tom daly he is uh he's he's one of our british boys he was a diver Synchronized diving. What, like submarine diving? That's cool. No. But you don't, don't, the you find, like, treasure, don't find like treasure at the bottom of the ocean or something. That's a pretty That's, that's how you get it. That's how you yeah. get the gold. Yeah, yeah. Get down right. there in first. The, in like the big sort of like metal uh, submarine things. Mm, that's, that's pretty that's exactly what but it I didn't is. know that was an Olympic sport. I actually started making fun of it to my lady partner. I was like, this is the most stupid sport. And by the end, I was like, oh, God, that was perfect, guys. It's perfect. Uh, so London 2012 means a lot to, to people in this country, uh, I, I believe. And I mm. sometimes when you meet new people and you, the Olympics comes up, it's like, oh, where were you when Great Britain won 50,000 gold medals or something? Probably got like 50 fifa points or whatever it is and i i know exactly where i was when uh they won all the fifa points and the, and the golden um coins and that i was doing a nightmare on elm street marathon in my living room with the curtains shut with my mates and it was mm. great we had a wonderful day luke hates his country and he wants <laughs> us to join europe again nah <laughs> still in europe you dolt we lost it. No, 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 no. We broke <laughs> up with Europe. Good riddance to them, I say. <laughs> Good riddance to them. We're don't much the, better without them. Don't want the French around here. I don't want trade. Jeez, <laughs> all the money to help farmers. Better off without oh. you, Euros. Oh, we've got a new um, thing with this. We, we found a new name for Adam. You know, Adam got, got uh, getting called a Tory on uh, a stream and it started to really annoy him on the Money in the Bank stream. Yeah. Um, someone came, I, can't, I think it was Charles Berg actually came up with calling him the nickname Tory Yanu. <laughs> um, 
Sorry, this is. I don't want to talk about Raw. And no, you, know, you, remember, <laughs> you remember the say so that there was me and Luke. If you didn't watch it a few weeks ago, we had a, a genuine heated disagreement about the guy who put a flare up his bum hole. <laughs> And you said it was like disrespectful and loudish. And I was like, it's funny. I didn't say it was disrespectful. I said it was dumb. You said like, also, oh guys, god, a pandemic god. There's a pandemic. You, sort yourselves yeah, out. And the the, flame, the heat will scare the the COVID <laughs> away. Um. So have you seen that he's done an interview? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm no, trying to find it. He effectively said. He had no. I can't find it. I can't find that. I just searched flare bumhole. So, like, I don't know why the results haven't been worse. Actually, um. So, so they did. They did an interview with him. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, yeah. So the England England fan with a flare up his bum in Leicester Square. So he was doing a sort of handstand, and they put a, a flare on his bumhole and they lit it. Um. The culprit was unrepentant. Charlie Perry, a 25-year-old roofer, told the paper he regretted nothing. <laughs> having, drunk, having drunk at least 20 cans of Strongbow. And, <laughs> and this, <laughs> I've got to share my screen. <laughs> uh, 20 cans of strong. Oh, man, if only it was, like, I don't know, super strong. Or, no. like, you know, Blue Lightning or something. Having drunk at least 20 <laughs> cans of Strongbow and quote, banged a load of powder. <laughs> look at the look at the Guardian trying to intellectualize this. Perry's relaxed tone reveals a lot about the mindset of the modern football fan. <laughs> banged a load of powder is no Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> Bang the load of powder before the game. Bang load of powder and 20 cans of Strongbow. Of course I'm going to stick a flare in my ass. How did you think this day was going to end? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Sheamus versus Damian Priest was well, the actually first pretty match. good. <laughs> the first match was actually show. pretty good. It was so, good. It was a championship contenders match. If Priest won, uh, he would get a match at some point. I don't know. Is that going to happen next week? No. So here's why. So, okay. So this was a championship contenders match. They The highlights that they chose for Damien Priest, that is for a lot of wrestlers being like, look at the cool thing that they did recently. And the cool thing they showed for Damien Priest was he wants new Bad Bunny three months ago. Mm. Legit, that is what they said. He wants new Bad Bunny three months ago. Um and he wins, and Damien Priest, that is, he wins. And you're like, cool. So that means that he gets a shot at the United States Championship now. But Corey Graves, or one of the commentators said, that now puts him in the conversation for a future, type, for a future title shot. So what is a championship contenders match? It's, yeah, so he now has, he's now in the graces of Pearson DeVille to possibly give him a title match at some point, I think. It makes no sense. They've just plucked this championship contender's word out of thin air, or phrase rather. I don't. Well, I, I think we're all we all know where this is going. It's going to be Priest versus Sheamus 
either on TV or at SummerSlam. That seems to be the big feud, and rightly so. But Sheamus is fantastic. Priest needs a solid mid-card feud and hopefully win at the end of it. Uh, Sheamus lost by having the sort of face mask knocked off, and but the, some of the some of the moves in this and near falls. I thought were really, really good. This was like the Sheamus pre-WrestleMania, where he was having those killer TV matches every week. Wasn't at that crazy good level, but it was really, really, it was best thing on best match on the show by by far. Yeah, it, it, it fell down because of the commentary, <coughs> uh, I feel, with all of this, because the gimmick has been, like when Sheamus first won the belt, his gimmick was he wasn't defending it. Like he was doing the open challenge, but not actually putting the title on the line. That's mm -hmm. when we had like his um, best of a thousand feud with um, Umberto Carrillo. Did well for him now with the 24-7 geeks uh, later on in the show. But then he got injured. Like he legit like broke his face, right? So then he couldn't actually wrestle. He wasn't cleared to wrestle. But they're still peddling the idea. Byron Saxon still peddling the idea. Well, Sheamus just would not defend his championship. He's not an honorable champion. Corey Graves, the heel commentator, was like, he was injured. He wasn't mm. cleared to wrestle. That's why he wasn't defending the belt. But Byron, because Byron has to be the babyface, be like, oh, well, you know, he wouldn't defend the belt. What a, what a he, what an awful champion he is. And it's like, well, no, he did the right thing by not defending his title while he was injured. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, there's no there's no coherent stuff. I think the commentators are just trying to say stuff in the moment because they can't keep track of all of this nonsense. Uh, after that, we got AJ Styles and Demos taking on the Viking Raiders in a tag title match. You're right there. Sorry, I just got distracted there. <coughs> Andy Katz has just sent me a message that said, "Have you ever banged a lot of powder and then shoved a flare up your bum?" <laughs> He's not got back to me. I don't think I'll ever say that. Um, so this match that. The Viking Raiders got another tag title shot because Riddle pinned John Morrison last week. Or Correct. one of the Viking Raiders pinned John Morrison last week. But whatever, it didn't need to happen. It's a repeat match. They've already been beaten. They had a game plan of trying to isolate AJ Styles, probably the smartest thing you can do. But Omos got in, squashed him, and AJ won with a 450. Yep, tall man. Tall, tall man. Drew McIntyre came out. He was going to have a match against Veer, of Veer and Shanky fame. But then Jinder Mahal came out. He's got a new heel gimmick because, you know, just chuck everything at the guy to make this work. He's got a personal lawyer. He's going to sue Drew for having for, for beating up Shanky so much last week. McIntyre was pretty good working up the crowd here. He was like, Drew is going to kill you, Chant. Uh, I thought the match was pretty sloppy, but both Alvarez and Meltzer praised it. Um, so that, that they've, they've got a better eye for stuff than me. I thought Veer was just like walking around at the end, like when he was yeah, waiting I... for the chair to be handed to him. Yeah, I didn't think this was that good. Yeah. Uh, and yet Drew wins because Jinder gives Veer a chair. Veer holds it up. Drew claymores the chair into Veer's face. And the referee announces, the announcer announces, Drew won by DQ. Yeah. What? Which I thought, I thought it was a botch. I was like, because they played, they announced that Drew was the winner, but then Corey Graves said on commentary, Veer will be the one in the winner's book because he won that match because Drew kicked the chair into his face. And I was like, <sighs> well, yeah, that's, that's what makes sense because Drew used a weapon on Veer and so it should be Veer won by DQ. So I went to WWE.com and they said, no, Drew won by DQ. I, the finish makes doesn't no make sense. any sense. 
No. Also, why can't if Drew, if you're gonna have Drew be the winner, why didn't you just pin Veer? Are we protecting Veer all of yeah. a sudden? Did you have like a did you have an aneurysm because you didn't have enough DQs on the show? He's like, well, we're gonna have at least one <laughs> DQ. It's raw for God's sake. Why don't you just pin Veer? Surely that's the point of having Shanky and Veer there. It's for Drew to beat them on the way to gender. I've I've got no answer. It, it, <laughs> it makes no sense. This is not the way they usually do it, and the way they usually do it is dumb anyway. McIntyre beat up the lawyer afterwards. Uh, Eve Marie and Dewdrop took on Nat- Natalia and Tamina in another championship contenders match for the women's tag belts. This went, you know, a couple of minutes. Natalia got injured, seeming in a spot with Dewdrop, hurt her leg. Uh, it seemed like they probably called an audible, went to the finish early. Eva is distracted by a Lily Lucian promo, which is a take on Eva's reintroducing vignette, but it was the Alexa Bliss puppet, Lily, just going round the world in inspirational ways. I actually thought it was quite funny. Eva gets uh, pinned by Tamina. Yeah, uh, the Eva Marie character still makes no sense because she does want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. The whole point was that's why she has Dewdrop by there. Um, and Tamina has the worst super kick in the world. The, but, you know, I had to give some praise to this match. Poor old Natalia. Get uh, get well soon, Natalia. Yeah. But the biggest thing, the biggest praise I can say about this match, this is easily the best thing they've done with Lily and Alexa since they started doing this uh, Fiend ripoff gimmick. This was genuinely very good. And I thought it was real. I thought Lily Lucian it was genuinely was- good. I know. I would say very I thought it was good? genuinely very. I thought it was genuinely very good. I thought it was a very funny video package. I thought that Lily doing all of the Eva Marie quotes was very funny. Um, mm. I mean, I didn't. I didn't laugh, but it was. Uh, <laughs> but it was better than the match that five. was happening. <laughs> it was better yeah. than the match going on in the ring. <clears throat> Keith Lee took on Karrion Cross after this. Presumably, this was meant to be Cross versus Jeff Hardy, but Jeff Hardy yes. tested positive for COVID, so Cross couldn't avenge. Jeff Hardy for making the, quote, biggest mistake of his life last week by cheating to beat the NXT champion. So Keith Lee and Cross had a match, and it was depressing as all hell because the crowd didn't care. You can't blame them. Most of them probably don't watch NXT. Probably a bunch of them didn't watch during the lockdown era either, so they're probably not familiar with Lee. There's been no effort to really properly build these guys up. Um, And they did not you know, they just wrestled quite a standard match. And that's not, you know, there's, the reason we love Keith Lee isn't because he wrestles standard matches. We love him because he's a great promo. He's got loads of charisma and he can jump around crazily well for a big guy. And yeah, they didn't let him do any of that. This was a, previously, a takeover main event. Yeah. Keith Lee versus Karen. So I believe that's how Cross won the belt. And here it was just a throwaway match on Raw because so WWE has this problem and it's a consistent problem that they always have, which is where they beat people and then they're like, oh no, but we need to get their heat back. So we need to put them in there with other people. But the problem they had here is they put Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, who both need to get their heat back. So one of them had to just get even less heat. And like Karrion Cross got nothing from being Keith Lee. Keith Lee got nothing from losing. Same thing happened with Nikki and Charlotte in the main event. It's like, well, Charlotte got beat last week. So we need to give her a win on this match, uh, on this week's role. Well, we need to give her a big win. So she better pin the champion. Oh, no. But now the champion's been pinned. So we need to give her a big win the following week. So we're going to have to do a rematch of this. Um, Sean has, Sean Rossap over at Fightful has said that he has got. Uh, the original plans for Karen Cross versus Jeff Hardy this week. 
the way that he suggested it. I mean, I don't know this for certain. This is me speculating. Jeff was going to win again this week. And I know that there are people out there defending this, being like, Karen Cross didn't get buried. It's all about making him more angry. Forgetting the fact that he is the NXT champion who was about to have a takeover main event against the returning Samoa Joe. Don't be beating him in 90 seconds by Jeff Smegan Hardy on TV. Mm. Bad decision. This didn't help either. Do you think Lee has heat? No. Do you think he's he's being apparently not? Sean said that it's nothing to do with hate. It's just, <coughs> I don't think they, I don't think Vince sees anything in him. So that that's what this is God what his damn. lot is now. This is what this is what Vince sees him as. He's just a guy on the roster. Um, I just have to give a uh, shout out to Jimmy Smith, the commentator, who in the, within the first thirty seconds of this match said, and I quote, "This one has lived. Uh, this one has lived up to the build." <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. What build? That's great. What build? Yeah. Uh we got a recap we got so many recaps of last week's cash in, but that's good because you know they they're trying to make it feel special. Nikki cut another promo for the kids backstage and then god that I mean like I I'm not into that whatever. But then Rhea came in and Oh my god. She, her her delivery, her dialogue is awful. She's horrendous. So bad. She's she might be, she might be a worse actor than Eva Marie, and I don't think you could get any lower than Eva Marie last week. Um, the problem I got with Nikki's promo here is that it's all the same stuff that she said at the top of the show, and later on Charlotte Flair does yeah. a promo and she said <clears throat> exactly the same thing that she said at the top of the show. So it was actually a complete waste of time. Do you know how low Eva Marie can go? <laughs> right, floor level low. To address this, a few people called us out last week and they said, guys, look closely. Dewdrop trips her up. It wasn't Lily. It's nope. Dewdrop that tripped her up. And so I was looking quite clear this week. I think it was Dewdrop. I think it was Lily made her fall over with her mind magic. I'm just going to go to the VAR. It's a term I've learned <laughs> recently following sports. Nowhere nope. close. Yeah, that is Eva tripping over her own feet. God damn it. Uh, after this, we got something I enjoyed. So yeah, Mason Tebar wasn't them. Uh, they took on the new team of Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. Ali has got like this... Na- I just, I, there's something about the guy that's just likable, even when he's a heel. I think he's very good at being an on-screen performer. Mansoor has got something. I just want to cheer oh, yeah. for the guy. I tell you what he's got the most handsome face in, in all of the company. He's, he's, he's a great look. I, there's a reason why they're, they're looking to push this guy. And I think it makes sense to do this. Cause I, Denise made this point on fight for second. I totally, totally agree with her. I think they're going to win the tag belts in Saudi Arabia later on this year. Yeah, potentially. So like, yeah. it makes sense to put him into a, into a tag team. Cause he can win belts that don't matter because the belts just change hands to, you know, willy nilly. And, and I think this is a really fun team to put together. I really like Harley. I'm really into Mansoor at the moment, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of like, I mean, bless him. He got no reaction for his hot tag when Ali did um, tag him in. There's also, bear in mind, like Mason T-Bar and was used to be like, they were, Ali was their leader. And that did not play into a single thing in this match. Like the commentators gave it a bit of lip service, but it meant nothing. And they said, oh, it's a big, huge upset that they got the, the win there. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought this was the best thing on the show outside of the um, uh, pre-Sheamus in ring action. 
<coughs> I'm just seeing a lot of comments who are like, uh, actually, there is someone more handsome than Mansoor in the company, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it is, oh, of course, like face. <laughs> the, the biggest baby face known to raw kind. Where was he on this show? What are they? Well, are they trying Elias to sink the, the ratings? Well, Elias wasn't on the show, so there's no one else for him to face. Um, Mansoor did this really cool thing. I just one more bit on this. Uh, they got the surprise roll-up win as well. So yeah, it feels like they're building them to something. Uh, but it is hard to get invested in anything in this company because it could derail even next week. Like three-week pushes are even too long now. I can't remember which one of Mason T Bar it was, but Mansoor was pinning them in the middle of the ring, and the other one booted Mansoor off, and he managed to fly out, like took one bump in the ring and then out the ropes. Yeah, I, th I thought it was really good. It was really. I mean, these guys were bumping their asses off mm. to make Mason T-Bar look good. Who, by the way, cut a dreadful promo before the before this match. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, cringe retribution. Like, not retribution are not good. And um. Yeah, I, my favorite part of this match actually was when Ali did his like like diving tornado DDT, and Mansoor's in the apron and said like, "Dude, that was so awesome! That was really cool." And, mm -hmm. and Ali's like, "Focus on the match," and yeah. he gets in and he wins the match. I think they've got something. There could be something here. That's all I'm saying. Uh, after that, we got a different kind of reunion. Bobby Lashley and MVP said they weren't going to answer Goldberg's challenge. They're not going to. Do it. They're not accepting it, really, which is the exact same storyline Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman are doing with John Cena on SmackDown. So great creative uh, bonus points there, Bruce Pritchard, for, you know, you're overseeing both shows. You know, it's nice to have consistency. Yeah, control uh, C, so, control me. So Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, the former Hurt Business buddies, come down and they're like, well, we'll take you on instead. They do it separately. It's not like they're coming down as a team. And Bobby's like, I'll take you both on. And he squashed them in three minutes with a jackhammer, of course, to, as a shout out to Goldberg. And it was just like, oh, I just thought this was depressing. I, and this is my own fault. I will I say that out now. I thought this was going to be a big Hurt Business reunion. When Cedric came out, I was like, yes, Cedric's going to like, no. and then Shelton came out. And I was like, Brilliant. MVP is going to convince them they should all just get back together and they can all beat up Goldberg, which might actually get me into this feud. No, nope, no, just there for Bobby to beat them quickly. Cool. Yeah, it's it's fair. It's yeah, it sucks. Uh, after that, we got Riddle and Morrison. Before that, uh, AJ Styles had sort of approached Miz and Morrison <clears throat> to work out some heel plans. Uh, Amos sort of covered them from the camera, which was pretty cool. But maybe not. Maybe don't have your secret meetings in front of a camera crew next time. Then, then you won't have to have someone stand in the yeah. way. And yeah, Riddle was hugely over with the crowd. Had a fun match against Morrison, of course he did. Uh, but it was a rubbish finish when Amos and AJ came down to the ring. They broke Riddle's scooter, and Riddle was distracted by this enough to get hit by a Starship Pain and lose. So really good way to build up your future tag title contenders, folks, by having the lad lose. <laughs> good going, WWE. You're brilliant at this. You know, they showed the the uh, the highlight for Damien Priest, you know, being like, oh, he was mates with Bad Bunny three months ago. John Morrison 
they were like, oh, the last great thing that he did is he won the SmackDown Tag Team titles in 2007. Like, that was their lone... Oh, it's the best thing he's ever done in his career 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it looks like we're on the road to Amos and AJ versus Riddle and Orton for SummerSlam. I'd assume this is like the start of their feud moving away from the Viking Raiders. They can beat up Riddle. And Orton is currently being advertised for the 2nd of August, which is next Monday. So yeah, he can uh, return and yeah. save him. That's what they were saying up here, because Riddle uh, got beaten up by AJ, mostly <laughs> AJ after the match. And the crowd were trying for Randy, but there was no Randy there to, to save him. So, I mean, yeah, if it were me, I'd have probably had Riddle win, you know, because you might actually create some momentum off the back of that. <laughs> um, but this company doesn't know what it's doing, so he lost. This is the last bit we're going to cover of Raw because then it was the main event, which we've already done. Our truth came out for a match against Reginald for the 24-7 title yeah. with a microphone headset on. Sure did. The one he, you know, usually he's got a mic that he holds to do what is up over there, what is up over here. But no, he just had like, like a call center headset on. And he kind of narrate, not narrated his match, but just gave like, oh, you're over there now. Okay. Hey, buddy. It's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote here, Truth has a headset to provide commentary. Crowd dies. Reginald has zero comedy timing. He wins. Oh, man. Carrillo is now part of the job squad. That was fucking shit. Uh, Luke. I mean, swear jar emojis. Let's get the emotes out Luke. there. Luke. This is awful. <laughs> I thought it I thought it was one of the better things on the show. Oh man, this was rubbish. I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying it was one of the better things on the show. Reginald, yeah, you're right. He doesn't have any sort of like he's just not got the right facials for it. But man, can the guy jump. He can jump left, he can jump right. He, he did, did you see how he entered the ring? He jumped so high. How do they do that? He has a trampoline. It's like but he's seen Cara. What? You're telling me that's a working <laughs> jump? I thought it was a shoot jump. Uh, 24-7 goons, yeah, ran down afterwards, and he escaped them all with a jump. He ate the man can flip. Wicked. Reginald they put him in a comedy jump. But they put him in a comedy role, and he can't do comedy. So that's mm. like it's mistake number one right there. Well, that was raw. I gave it two out of five, but I agree with everyone. I think it probably should have been one out of five. I don't think this was... It's weird because I think last week, its lowest points were worse. Cross losing was an, an, an unforgivable thing. I don't think there was anything that bad on this show, but overall it was a, a more displeasurable experience. No, I mean... As I said, I feel like I'm possibly in some <coughs> form of the minority here because we did have the community poll. They were in agreement with you. Oh. 46% thought this was a two out of five show. 24% thought it was one out of five with 23% thinking it was an average show of television. Yeah, I mean, I I really did not like this show. I really did not get on with it. But like, I agree with you. There was nothing actively bad or damaging it was just a really boring three hours of television. And at the end of it, I was like, this is a bad wrestling show. Mm. Um, uh, just to clarify on the other poll as well, not to clarify, but to bring the poll oh. to a close, 
Jam that jam one with 71%, 29% ready for the Jammer Mania t shirt. So, this jam that jam t shirt will be available on Wrestle Shop soon. And what I love about it is that it, it doesn't like remind me of Hulk Hogan in any way. So, Pete will be happy. Hello, what a guy. Uh, right, well, we've got no Patreon Pledge Hammer shoutouts to do, so I'll just say go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk, become a Pledge Hammer there because this week we have a drunk podcast being recorded and uploading exclusively. Always a good time. Um, yeah. So please go also, do that. Also, we have been getting rave reviews for our review of WCW Bash at the Beach 2000. The Pledge Hammers have very much enjoyed that show because <laughs> Holly Davis loses his mind uh, while reviewing that show. And we have <laughs> such a giggle at Scott Steiner. <laughs> Scott Steiner having, having a pin having a piddle in the corner and just in the in the uh the hallway you know just banging a load of powder and having a little piddle in the whoa 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 allegedly (laughs) allegedly right well let's get on with your wonderful ultra chats thank you and you know if you haven't done already we've hit fifty thousand subscribers but now is the march to what number Uh, 75 is that too far yeah 75 is our next goal 75k come on everybody let's do it uh, Nathan Schultz says, Fuego del Sol and his quest to hit the Tornado DDT was a better teller telling of the superhero story than Nikki A.S.H. How does this company continue to waste her obvious talent? Um, well, I don't think they're wasting her talent now. She's the Raw Women's Champion. But yeah, it's not ideal. Craig Brown, is it just me or can we see Jinder versus Drew inside a Punjabi prison match? Only, we can only hope. Well, the thing about the Punjabi prison match is that you cannot see anyone inside it. <laughs> so I, I think even if that happens, the answer's no. SMB, I think I know why Drew won that match, technically. If you want to be picky, Veer was holding the chair, so in control of the weapon, and the chair touched Drew's foot before it touched Veer's face, meaning Veer technically hit <laughs> Drew. I can imagine WWE doing it. You might have sold that one, SMB. Well done. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Have some money for watching Raw. Well deserved. Also, does half the Raw roster roster, have a cold and keep walking past Vince while the other half eat with him and don't know the etiquette? Raw is a bore. Thanks for watching so we didn't have to jam that jam. On the cold thing, you know, the same people are on the shows and, you know, we don't know anything. Well, we know Jeff has got tested positive. So it's kind of like, you know, in these times, having a limited roster, I can I can I, I, understand. I, I would I'm gonna strongly disagree with you on that one there because I'm pretty sure America has just beaten COVID and that it just doesn't exist over there anymore. Uh, I think they're just America. over there. In your face, COVID. <laughs> Benny Boy 4 highlight of the show was Truth versus Reggie. I'll admit that I was wrong. Other than Priest versus Seamus, there wasn't much I cared about. And poor Keith. Adam Blamplate, I really enjoyed... Is this a troll? I really enjoyed last night's show, 5 out of 5. The Swaff Nation on Twitter really hit a home run. So funny, taking the mick out of a really bad show, join the plate order, fork, 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 knife. Very funny. So they liked how bad it was. 
Uh, prod B Dematic. I think the crowd should start chanting this is boring and chant no more rematch. AEW. Chant AEW. That's the most fun. The intangible one, Cliff Beard, skipped Raw again. Seems like I missed a terrible show. On the other hand, that new Ghostbusters movie trailer looks brilliant. Can't wait to see it. Cry. Do you like Ghostbusters? Uh, yeah, me. Oh, me. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I really do. Cried a whole lot watching it. That is beautiful, man. <laughs> Demar Derozan. I will watch it after this. Demar Derozan. Bad Raw with weird decisions. What else is new? Tag action was surprisingly good. Jomo's set up move for the Starship Pain looks sweet. Drew versus Veer was long and boring with a nonsensical finish. Raw needs Becky back as soon as possible. I don't think that will change anything. No. Well, I mean... Yeah, they'll just move Nikki A.S.H. out of the title picture, man, and go back to uh, Becky versus Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Tyler Woodward, get back in the office. But Raw was S-word. Jinder ruins everything. His promo was so cringe, I wanted to claymore him. There was nothing good on Raw. Also, I did an interview with Sat on my channel. Wrestling Daily Sat. Last fan standing last night. Go check it out, Jam That Jam. Oh, awesome. I, I would say, Tyler, that Jinder did a great promo then. If you want him to get claymored <laughs> in the face, that means the heat worked. Mm. You can also see you can also see Sat on Wrestling Daily tonight, uh, and Tyler Woodward. There was one more thing missing from Raw, and that was no more words. Man, Jeff getting COVID sucks balls. Cross and Lee should have beaten local competitors. FFS WWE let them squash local competitors. They are on the road again. Use jobbers to build up stars. Yeah, that that would be much better. Hot tag to you. Uh, James Hanley said, I've said it before uh, that the Thunderdome was the worst thing for WWE because it gave Vince control over the crowd. At the time, I agreed with you that it was better with no crowd, but it gave WWE an echo chamber of applause telling them what they want to hear. Uh, also adds, On the US version of Whose Line Is It Anyway, Drew Carey started the show by saying, where everything is made up and the points don't matter. Can this apply to WWE, where everything is made up and the wrestling doesn't matter? <sighs> yeah, well, wrestling is all made up, but it should matter. Uh, yeah, Danny Average, the extent of my WWE <coughs> viewing now is scrolling down the YouTube feed and realizing it's not worth watching than watching Jay White on Impact. How long do you guys think they can go before you, Stephen Larson, this to maintain your sanity? Just to clarify, Stephen Larson still review Raw, but they do what we do. They watch it a day afterwards so <laughs> they can like skip through commercial breaks and stuff. So yeah, they, 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 they are doing what we do. We, if anything, we were the first to break when we broke when we first started doing the review, uh, uh, the reviews day after. Dried Chicken Without Flavor said, watching Monday Night Raw is like WWE spraying all of the chicken with water to get rid of all of its flavor. I can't eat that chicken, which is now dry and raw. Really embracing the username gimmick. <laughs> Dard Train 24, Luke, the new Ghostbusters trailer just dropped. Are you excited or nervous? I am super excited. I thought that the scene with Paul Rudd and the tiny Stay Puffs things was a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, but the trailer made me cry, so peanuts on the up. Zornis said, uh, Midwest Marks Podcast. Hey, Ollie and Luke. I've been watching for a long time and love all the content WrestleTalk gives. Today is my golden birthday, and I would love a birthday shout-out for my favorite podcast tag team. Can you please do this for him? Golden birthday? It's that golden. sounds like Zornis is talking about someone else. Golden birthday. 
Uh, do you know Maybe. what? Golden birthday is a thing. Um, your gold birthday or golden birthday is the year that you turn the same age as your birthday, for example, turning 25 on the 25th or 31 on the 31st. Oh. So I would have had mine on the four when I would turn 14. I can't. No, oh, man, I missed mine. Yeah. Oh, I missed mine too. Well, happy birthday, uh, the Zornis or Midwest Marks podcast. Both. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Worst. Yo, you're telling me loving this Fred here. <laughs> Hello, gents. Uh, I've watched a, a minute of WB programming since Goldberg Fiend. <laughs> Thanks for your service you provide. Watching and reacting to this lethargic, creatively bankrupt product each and every week. So we never, ever have to. Hashtag this company. Dry chicken without flavor. Let's go Tempest. Let's go Tempest. Tempest yeah, I mean, he does suck, but that tattoo is pretty rad, even though I think he overpaid for it. And Charles Berg. Uh, lastly, with the poor review, um, let's get the dog up. Uh, Robin is a golden <laughs> doodle who loves to walk with his dog friends. I have to be calm when I get him because he gets so excited, he pees. I call him Happies. <laughs> Nicknames, Robbie the Robot, Elf Boy, Rob Van Ham. Take care, you guys. There he is right I there. I love Rob Van Ham. Yeah, he's a good little boy. There's actually the dog right there. Ah, oh, doggy, doggy, good, good. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for another crap episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> like Thursdays. I like Thursdays when it's AEW. Yeah. yeah it was not, not a good show this week. But yeah, hey, do you know Luke, what? May, maybe next week will be better. Maybe, maybe. Me and Luke are going to bang a load of powder now. Uh, <laughs> stick a couple of flares up our buttholes. I mean, that's what we're waiting to get back to the office for. It's not to review this show. It's so we can bang some powder together and stick some flair up our jaxies. Is that what we're going to do for 75,000 <laughs> subscribers? <laughs> <laughs> we can have a red and a blue one for yeah. the WrestleTalk colours. <laughs> or do we do it with, like, we should do it with Pete, really. If we have red, like, we get Pete and Tempest in. And we'll do red ones, and they can have blue ones. We'll do like a SmackDown versus Raw, like War mm, of Flares. We'll like yes. charge each other backwards so that our bums yeah. all hit each other and the flares <laughs> will like light up and stuff. Well, if that visual image isn't enough to make you subscribe, if you haven't already, <laughs> I don't know what is. Thank you to everyone who did subscribe during this stream and subscribers in general for pushing us over the 50,000 subscriber mark. This channel's had a, a fair few rebrands. Mm -hmm. We passed it by 41 people. Oh, we must have picked up over 100 subs today. Excellent. Do you know what didn't make me miserable, though? No. They just released the brand new trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Is it I... good yet? I clicked on it so, so quickly uh, to watch the trailer. I put it up onto my second screen so I could watch it in its biggest format possible. Um, taken straight from Twitter so you know it's the highest of quality. Um, oh, yeah. Not, not compressed in the least. Um, and I cried. So, like, legit tears streaming down my face of overwhelming, sorry, overwhelming joy. Like, oh. There were just so many moments where I was like, oh my God, this is the this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I just cried. And the more it went on, the more I cried. It is, it's beautiful, man, to, to steal a line from Clerks. What's so good about it? What connected with you? What resonated? 
Ghostbusters is a very important movie to me. It's my favorite film in the entire world. It's a film that means a whole heck of a lot to me. I have spent uh, most of my adult life collecting it on various different formats and um, and various different sort of you know bits and bobs and things like that. Less so the action figs and stuff because I think pretty much once they stop from the Massey Collector stuff, they've been a bit cheap and crap because um, it's yeah mass consumer you know mass marketed and things like that and the mass made and it's just less good um but i i am very much in buying it on various different formats i've got it on vhs dvd laser disc umds uh, i've been looking at some more obscure formats there's one i might be dropping down about a hundred quid on because it's uh, like it a, a japanese only like uh, for a thing of... you can't play yeah, it's like a video disc system thing. So yeah. I might I might drop a hundred G's on that. I don't know, hundred mm. G's. I'm mean, crikey, that's that's good. That's a really lot of money. Uh, but a hundred notes, I certainly might do. Um, although my wife's not too keen to be doing that. Anywho, but like, so no. the film the, the film means a massive amount to me. And yeah. this film, it is a sequel to that original movie. You know, to the first two films. And it just they made evoked... two. I thought they there did. was only the the one with Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. See what I see. What Ollie does here, he, he tries to the, ori- the original. Are <laughs> there more? I mean, you. I mean, you. You don't even have to pretend like on this because you categorize. You have told me on several occasions you think the second one is better because you went to a double screening of it at the Prince Charles, didn't you? Yes. And you said like the second one is better than the first one, which I I disagree with. I think it's just because I watched it a lot more as a kid. I didn't really watch the first one as a kid, but the second one seemed to be on TV all the time. Um, but you know, I think it's it's consensus that the all female reboot is vastly superior to both. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, that it, what it, which it, it, which which universe is this taking place in? The Feeg the, the, the verse? No, no, no. The original, the Reitman universe. <sighs> That's a um, shame. Yeah, not to say that the Reitman one is right, but it is in the Reitman universe. Um, and yeah, it just sort of evokes all of the stuff that I love about it and and love about that first movie. And the, it's. Yeah, it's Jason Reitman. It's the son taking over from the father. It feels like a passing of the torch. It's a reboot while being a sequel, which I still think is the best way to do reboots this day and age. It's probably the problem with the 2015 uh, all-female one. And it was just so, so lovely. And I'm going to watch it again after this. I ran downstairs to tell my wife, (laughs) tears streaming down my face. They've just released the new trailer for Ghostbusters, so I'm going to watch that with her later on because I had to come up here and record this. But yeah, it's just uh, it's the, the greatest thing. I cannot wait for the movie. And how does Chris Hemsworth factor in? Because he was he, he, like he, he is, is the best thing yeah, of the I mean, franchise, he a, he isn't he? The be- he was certainly the best thing of that 2015 one. Unfortunately, he's not around. Paul Rudd looks to be filling oh. in for the uh, Chris Hemsworth role, though. And do you know what? I think what's great about the trailer as well. I tell you what's great about the trailer as well. They've basically they've replaced Thor with Ant Man, as you know, mm-hmm. which I would say is also a wise move because uh, I think the Ant Man movies are better than the Thor movies. Um, but that's only because there have been two good Ant Man movies, only one good Thor movie. Controversial topic, perhaps. I don't know. I think I've already forgotten about Ant Man and the Wasp. I could not tell <laughs> you one that there's. They shrink a car and they drive the car. They do. It's that's very about fun. It. Yeah, 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 pretty much. They did, did that in the first one as well. Because a lot of that, a lot of that sequel was like, "Hey, should we just do all the fun stuff in the first one?" But again, and more of it. Um, but they released a clip from the movie uh, a couple of months back now with Paul Rudd in a Walmart where he's being attacked by like little miniature Stay Puft Marshmallow Men. And I watched that clip and I said out loud, "Oh no, 
oh no oh because mm. it's bad it's real bad we it's and I, I was saying this to my uh, other podcast co-host ash and i was like it reeks of sony executives being like do you know what kids love baby yoda do you know what kids absolutely love yeah. minions like they love little things that are smaller versions of big things so do a small version of a big thing. There's a big Love thing it. from the original movie, the Stay Puft Marshmallow. Do a small and do loads of them. Have them make little noises because the kids love the little noises and we can merchandise the crap out of it. It feel, It's re, It's a definitely an executive scene as opposed to a director's scene. It's real bad. But this trailer alleviated all that because the trailer's awesome. Are you leaning back in your microphone now because you want me to stop talking so that we can? Wrap yes, because up? there's thirty <laughs> seconds till we're meant to go on air. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay, not well, the one who's to... meant to keep time here. This is your show, <laughs> and I love talking to you. Anyway, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you all so much for listening. Pete and Tempest will be back tomorrow with the NXT review. Then Ollie and I will be doing AEW review on Thursday. A good show. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.